Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I'm Chris Marone. And Chris, it is so great to be back because this is the beginning of the football season. I just cannot Love tell it. you how ecstatic I am. This last week, two weeks, I've been glued to the TV. I would like to see the elliptical and the TV. The elliptical has not gotten as much use as I thought it would, but hey, I will be on the elliptical watching, but I am so glad the NFL is back. Oh man, it's great being able to just like come home from church on Sunday and just seven games of just pure NFL bliss. It, and we had a lot to unpack this. So I do yeah, want to put this disclaimer out there that today's episode is going to be football centric, but it's not going to be all done on the gridiron. We have some legal stories as well that impact the world of football. But before we get there, I do want to cover a couple of uh, preliminary matters. First of all, we would like for you to give us a five-star rating. Uh, do a like and a share. Our numbers are growing. We're very ecstatic about that. But in, to help them continue growing, we need to give us a, a five-star review. Just say you like us. You know, repent yeah. afterwards if you really don't like us. I get that. But hey, consider this a favor to Chris and myself. Give us a five-star review and a like and a share i want to make a quick reference a shout out to the people in dc i just had a meeting in dc this week and just got back last night Love and chris I, I just gotta give the shout out to the people of dc because i was i was flabbergasted when i saw this i was going up from the metro uh okay. to um to where i forget where i was but you know yeah you're in these escalators and for me mm -hmm. i am a a walker on the escalators in the, the moving Psycho sidewalks. Man. I like to move. I like to walk. In fact, if you're not going to walk, I'll just get off uh, this moving sidewalk and walk beside you or I'll take the stairs. I'm much faster that way. Well, okay. in DC, everyone, everyone followed this rule where if you don't want to walk, you push yourself to the right. Yep. And if you are a walker, you can move on the left. And I, I thought that was a great idea. I'm telling you, I looked up this escalator. Everyone who was staying still was shifted to the right and the left yeah. was like another lane of traffic of people moving up the escalator. I was so impressed. I thought this has to be an anomaly. I, I took a picture of it with my camera. It was so amazing for me. This is like, you know, Moses parting the Red Sea. Oh, look, nice. the standards are to the right. The walkers are to the left. So then I go to another escalator. It happened again. So this must be a thing in DC. They are so polite there that if you're going <laughs> to, you follow these simple rules of if you don't want to move on the escalator, you go to the right. If you are a mover, go to the left. So uh, Chris, do you think somehow this politeness might rub off on the politicians there in DC? I did want to make the joke <laughs> about how that, you know, that exact microchasm like mirrors Congress, right? If you want to stand still and not do anything, you're on the right. And if you want to move and get things going, you're on the left. I touche. That is a good point. Just say. I mean, just that's saying. a good joke. It's a good take. I don't agree with the point, but it's that a is a take. good take. It's a hot take. It's a joke. No, I've seen that. Like when we were in traveling over Europe this this summer, it was the same thing, but it was it was opposite, right? You're on the left hand side. You're standing. So I think a lot of societies and cultures have worked out like if you just want to stand there, and I'm a stander. I'm a total stander. I like I like to just hang out and get out of my way. Right. But I'm fine with that. I'm I'm nudged up all the way over to the side so that way the person can shoot up and do what they want to like you be you. If you oh, want to walk on an escalator, you psychopath, you go right ahead. Like not me. I, I'm um, hanging out. I, I find joy. So like if I'm if I'm on the, the people mover, the moving sidewalks, and uh -huh. people I see a crowd of people that they're not following this rule. 
I take a little bit of joy. Oh I don't know. This really is going to show how bad my personality is. Yeah. I will walk next to the moving, you know, people mover, <laughs> and I will pass those guys on the right, and I'll give them a glare, like Just like I've been stare at them, and they were driving five miles under the speed limit in the the, the right. passing lane. Once they finally get past them, I give them that glare. Yeah, that, yeah. that's what I do. I, I the, need help. The people of Sky Harbor Airport, Sky Harbor, you know, Phoenix's airport is ginormous, and they do have the people moving movable sidewalks right but they all clump together they all stand together so you can't walk by it like when i'm hustling to a flight because i don't know if you've experienced this but in the last five or six flights that i have flown if i have a layover it used to be a layover was like an hour an hour and a half three hours now my layovers are like 40 minutes 30 yes. minutes and so like i'm rushing off the plane like trying you're, to trying to get to my pulling next an OJ flight. Simpson for right, those right people back airport. in the day, six million dollar man, right? And if these people are, and I'm trying to walk on the the walkable sidewalk so I could pick up that extra bit of time without actually having to exercise because reasons. Um, I hate when they stand there, and I'm just like, and then you're sitting there staring at them. Got to get moving, man. Hey, you know yeah. what? Uh, I want to give another shout out here because. Uh, I have a comedy special coming up here yes. in a few weeks. October 11th here in Kansas City at the KC mm -hmm. Improv. It's going to be about a two-hour comedy event. I got um, uh, Cam R. Awesome is going to be there. He's going to be awesome. emceeing the event. Uh, we have Carrie Phillips, a hilarious a comedian. Uh, he's going to be opening as well. He's going to be there. It is going to be a lot of fun. Again, if you're in the Kansas City area, you can get tickets here. We'll put the link in the, in the show notes. Uh, October 11th, the presumed funny tour is a, or kickoff is going to be on October 11th. Hey, let's Love get it. now into some football discussion because I was watching mm -hmm. Thursday Night Football last night. I'm loving I had to it. Find it for a while. I realized, oh, it's on Prime. It's on Amazon and, Prime now. So I, I, I finally found it and I was watching it and I saw what to me was one of the worst penalties, I think exists oh. in football. So I want to throw this okay. by you. So let me give you the situation. It's right before halftime. The Minnesota Vikings are moving the ball down. They mm -hmm. are down seven to three. Okay. They're about yep. ready to score a, a, a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a, it's a, I believe that was actually scored. My head to score a little bit uh, off on that one, but nonetheless, it's, it's a, it's a close game at this point in time. And so, um, the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, throws a long ball to Justin Jefferson, who catches the ball, yep. I believe, around the five-yard line, twists and turns to go to the end zone, and right as he's about ready to score, the ball pops out of his hands. Okay. It's a fumble. Now, now, let's analyze this. This is a fumble. It, it happens a lot in football. Yes. If it had happened on any of the other 99 yards of the gridiron, do you know what happens when the offensive player fumbles the ball and it goes out of bounds? It's a dead ball. It just goes out of bounds. It's, yeah, they, they yeah, get the ball where it went out of bounds. Whatever yard line it is, right? That's whatever how insignificant that 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 play is. You just get oh. the ball where it rolled out of bounds. But, but not if you zone. fumble at the zero yard line, so a little bit of the ball flies over that pylon, what is the penalty for that? So all the other ones, it's not even a five-yard penalty. It's it's nothing. It's not loss of down. Yeah. It is nothing. It is just simply the ball went out of bounds where you happen to be located. All right. But if that ball goes over the pylon, mm -hmm. the penalty for that is you lose the ball. The other team gets it not there at the 20-yard line. Yep. That is the harshest penalty 
in right. football for what I think is not that big of a transgression. So, Chris, okay. I'm going to throw this out there. That is the harshest of penalties, penalty in sports. No, that's my take. I'm that guy sitting at the park bench with a white thing to change my mind. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, it it's rough. It I don't, harshest penalty. Yeah, you I think of a harsher penalty than the other. Team. You are going to score seven points. Right. You now lose the ball. The other team gets it back at the twenty. Right. Well, I think a safety is also a pretty harsh penalty. I do you call a safety a penalty? It's a, it's a consequence. It's two it's points. I don't think it's a. I think a safety is a penalty. I think a safety is a consequence. You, you know what? I will, I will give you top three. I'll give you that it is the top three harshest penalties. Okay, you, you, you get another penalty. Give me give me another penalty. The, and the reason why I think it's in the top three harshest penalties is because it doesn't happen often enough to change the outcome of a lot of games. So when I look at harsh penalties, I want penalties that if if implemented, are going to change fundamentally the outcome of a game. Right, and by the way, this right? is a perfect combination of law and sports because it we're is. talking about penalties. We're also talking we about law. Yep. Law dishes out penalties. We're going to talk a little bit later right. on how the mer how the two actually merge together in real life sentencing. But Chris, go on. Right. So I look at like harsh penalties, um, as a like a a totality of circumstance. Right, if you get a holding call with 30 seconds left, no timeouts, fourth quarter, and that holding call now pushes your team or pushes the opposite team into a position where they could take a knee, and that changes and that ends the game. That's a harsh penalty because you're holding all game long, right? It just. Okay. I was I was listening to a, a podcast with Travis and Jason Kelsey, which I I'm really digging their podcast. How now anybody who plays the your Kansas City Chiefs watch. They all wear red gloves now. They all wear red gloves. So you right. so it gives them that competitive advantage that when they're putting their hands on Kelsey that they can hold, but you can't really tell because the gloves are into yes. so so I mean Good it, call. I, I I think that yes, that is an incredibly harsh penalty because it's one incredibly rare. So we look at it as like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. This doesn't happen very often. And when it does, you're like that doesn't that that doesn't seem right. That that doesn't seem just. But in the scheme of things, if you're looking at football as a whole, how many games have been decided on a harsh pass interference or a harsh holding call versus this fumble in the end zone? Well, you're talking about the holding call. It definitely is a drive changer. Sometimes right. it even works. I think to be a turnover when you get a holding oh, yeah. call, and it's somewhat unjust because, as you point out, there's holding every single play. You are allowed right. to grab onto the defender. If you're the offensive lineman, you're allowed to grab on them and, and yeah. hold them. That's not holding. Literally. No, it's when you turn them. And, but they're, they're, they're moving athletes. How can you tell when you're turning someone? It's so hard to, to, mm -hmm. to, to make a holding call and to adjudicate when something is holding, when it's not holding. Oh, this is an acceptable amount of holding. Like Chris, you and right. your wife, that's an acceptable amount of holding. But at a certain point, it gets a little handsy and then you get the, 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 um, the holding call. All right. I, I'll right. give you a holding. It is a drive killer. Right. I don't think it's near as egregious as the touch, the fumble touchback rule that I mentioned. So do you have another one? You have not changed my mind yet not even close well part of it is that the rule just doesn't make sense what, like, what, what rule the the touchback rule yeah like, it just it doesn't it doesn't make it 
in the flow of a game. In the flow. Like, okay, if you fumbled it out of bounds anywhere else, then it's a turnover, right? So that would that would make teams stop fumbling it out of bounds, right? Because you've seen it a couple of times come into play. Um, I want to say two or three years ago in some of the playoff games, the it was coming down to the wire, and I can't remember who it was, but rather than get tackled inbounds, they lateral the ball out of bounds. Yes. To stop the clock. That should be a turnover. Like if you're purposely fumbling the ball to stop the clock, that should be a turnover. And then I we could look at it and be one. like, be like, oh yeah, if you need to get out of bounds to stop the clock, which is a absolutely valuable way to move the ball downfield if you don't have timeouts, right? Is clock control. If you throw it out of bounds, if you fump, fumble it out of bounds, right, right. Like you're stopping the clock, it's creating an unfair yes. competitive advantage. But also use the rules, right? I, you, I agree. Use absolutely use the rules. What was the um in a different. It was soccer World Cup, and it was like coming down to like the last minutes or so, or even it was the last seconds. The goalie was out of the box. I think it was Argentina who did this, and I think Brazil had a kick on the goal. And the guy, one of the players, went up and ran up, and as Brazil kicked the ball, he grabbed the ball with his hands. It's like ten seconds left in the game or something like that. And they're like, "You can't do that, blah blah." No, it's a calculated risk. He's going to get the yellow card. He's going to get booted for the game. There's ten seconds left in the game, and he won the game by committing the penalty. Okay, that actually is not a bad example. I'm going to I'm going to just twist it a little bit, and that's when if you have someone kick the ball and you're in the box and it inadvertently hits their hand, it's down by their side. It's totally a fluke thing. you, You didn't try to reach for it with your hand. Now it's a free kick in the box, and that's going to be a game changer. Well, to prove my point that this touchback rule is so arbitrary and capricious, if the ball, you know, happens to go out at the one-inch line, the offense still keeps the ball at the one-inch line and will score a touchdown on the next play. If because of the way the ball rotates, now the pointy end is over the pylon, nope. (laughs) Now it's the other team's ball. Nope. You lose those seven points. So that's a horrible. Uh, right. That it's, is a game a weird, changer yeah. right there. All right, but has it? But has it come up enough to where the NFL is going to address it? It has Probably come not. up uh, several times, and I've seen right. it. And it, it, whenever it comes up, it's always against my team. The last night, I didn't really have a, a team. All right, <laughs> let me throw out there. I, I really like that example you gave of the soccer one. That is going to come close, I think, to to yep. uh, uh, changing. That might be a more egregious penalty. But I do know in soccer, man, that ball touches anyone's hands there in the box. That's Game a over. no-no, even though it's, it's yeah. in a burden. It, it seems uh, – yeah. I'm not a soccer player, so I really can't speak to that uh, too much. Right. All right, let me give you another one that I think is just really, really bad, and that is the pass interference. Oh, that's a and rough so, one. Uh, Everything's a- pass interference. That is your job as yes. a cornerback is to interfere with the pass. Yes, and especially when the the <laughs> great point. That's the whole point. You're a defender. But especially when it's an underthrown ball. Right. It's a bad throw. It's a crappy right. throw. Uh, and, and so the receiver then has to come back through the defender. Mm-hmm. That is, no, if you threw a bad pass, you should not get bailed out because of the receiver then comes back through the defender. If it's a short ball, right. it should be everyone's fair game. And that's you, I do not like that call. You know what's not pass interference? And this kills me. Like, absolutely kills me. If I'm a cornerback, let's say I'm Deion Sanders in my prime. I'm Deion Sanders going up against Jerry Rice in his prime. If off the line, as Deion Sanders, I I rock Jerry Rice and I knock him to the ground, and the ball never even gets thrown in his direction, not pass interference. So as a defensive coordinator, I can have my cornerbacks 
switch with my linebackers. I'm going to put in Andrew Donald at cornerback, and I'm just going to have him talk, tackle Tyreek Hill every second he's off the line. I have now invalidated Tyreek Hill's ability to catch the ball, and it's not pass interference, and it's not a penalty whatsoever. Yeah, you, you do get that that one free shove right there at the line of scrimmage. You're saying put right. up someone like Aaron Donald. I'm not sure he's even going to lay a finger on Tyreek Hill, but I, I get your oh, point. I mean, That's not speed. a bad idea. Right. All right. Well, there you go. Let's, let's, we've got a lot of football to talk about oh here. Another big issue that took place this last week, and Chris, I, I whenever whenever this happens, I feel like it's my my job as a as a teacher of writing to oh, point yeah. this out because grammar, Chris, can kill. It, it, it grant if you don't use the mm -hmm. proper grammar, it can kill. Uh, uh, you know, let me give you this example. Let's eat grandma. Okay, Chris. That sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? Yes. Let's We're not eat cannibals, grandma? Joel. We're not cannibals, Joel. Right. But if you throw a comma in there, it's let's eat, let's eat grandma. Comma. Grandma. T totally changes the meaning of the sentence, right. right? Well, we saw a perfect example of that this last week when Aaron Rodgers went down for the count. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but wow, that was a horrible. Did you watch that game? Yes, Aaron Rodgers was the starting quarterback in two of my fantasy leagues. There you go. You are a hose. You are screwed. Uh, now, yeah. it's, now it's Kenny Pickett and um, Russell Wilson. There but you that's go. beside the point. Well, the fourth play of the game, Rodgers makes fourth a little play. turn there and his ankle rolls up. Something like it. I watched it in live action. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But when I? you are almost 40 years of age, maybe he is 40 now. I don't know. That is a big deal. It tore his Achilles. He went down for the count. We all knew his Achilles right away. Even texting my friends, uh, Scott, said, look, this is his Achilles. He's done. I'm not a doctor. You are a doctor, but this is his Achilles. He is oh, done. Yeah. But uh, that being said, Patrick Mahomes did a tweet that said, hate that man, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay, okay, Patrick, why are you ragging on Aaron Rodgers? I know I don't like Aaron Rodgers. Chris, you have been very I, upfront. You echo, don't like Aaron Rodgers. Echo that sentiment. Echo that sentiment. Every, I retweeted that so quick. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Reaxed it. Is that really the right time to say you hate that man? You hate yes. Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely. Every time is the right time to express your hate. For and Aaron why Rodgers. would Patrick Mahomes be tweeting, hate that man? Well, yep. as you know what happened here, he did not pay attention during grammar school. He left out a nope. comma. Someone told him about that. He quickly, he uh, very quickly corrected. At least I think that's the story and they're going with it. Yeah. Maybe he really didn't hate Aaron Rodgers. He does. Someone just said, Patrick, is not the right time to say your displeasure right. for him. They did a lot of commercials together, right? For some insurance. I think State Farm. Yep, they sure maybe, did. Maybe Aaron stole some of the, um, the glory there. I don't know. But nonetheless, Mahomes' official story is I left out a comma there. I meant to say, hate that. Hate that comma man so there yep. you go folks grammar can kill all right i'm just saying that's a great segue chris to this last <laughs> week at the nfl so many great storylines so here's what oh i want to do i want to give you my takes on this last week and i want you to tell me is this an overreaction or is this a hot take that should Ooh. be on espn are you ready Love for it. this all of us are hot takes all okay. of it is hot takes here you go. The Chiefs go. played the Detroit Lions a week ago. It Ooh. was a debacle. Uh, my uh, my Chiefs, the receivers could not catch the ball. I counted at mm -hmm. least 10 dropped passes where Mahomes Jeez. got the ball to the receiver's hands and the receiver just dropped the ball. Chris, that is 10 turnovers. When you drop a pass, that's a first down pass. In my mind, that's a turnover. That's a drive killer. 
All right. Yep. Especially when it's done on third down. My take is the Chiefs are done. They obviously are suffering from a Super Bowl hang hangover. They their dynasty is done. Am I overreacting, or is that a hot take? You want me to say you're overreacting. You you need that buoy. The Chiefs lost to the Detroit Lions on the first game of the season. We, man, you can't say the dynasty's done after one game. Look, this Kelsey, is the first time look, Mahomes Kelsey, has lost on opening day. Look, yeah, but Kelsey was out. Jones was out. They had limited receivers. Like, people were dropping. Man, any given Sunday. Let's any talk about Kelsey. Given, any Did you given hear Sunday. the rumor this last week about Kelsey is now going to be dating? Um, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift? Yeah, I'm here for this, man. We're, we're done. We're done. No, Stick a fork no. in it. Well, I mean, Taylor Swift is from Philadelphia, and she is definitely an Eagles fan. No, so hold on be, a second. What? Yeah, Taylor Swift is this from is Philadelphia. Sabotage. She's an Eagles fan. This is definitely... I there's a there's a theory way like from from a few years back and the theory was that Meghan Markle was marrying Prince Harry so they could have a an American born child to become president that would allow Britain to retake back the United States. Right. And I feel like this is in the same vein, right? Kelsey said that he went to Taylor Swift's concert when she was in Kansas City. He had a little bracelet made for her with his cell phone number on it. He never got to give it to her. He made a big deal. Media picked it up. Taylor thought to herself, how are the Eagles going to win a Super Bowl? I know. Oh. I will seduce the heart and soul of the Kansas City Chiefs. And next thing you know, he's out week one. And he's out week one. Oh, with a knee injury. You're dashing me. You're just you're stabbing that knife right there in my chest. But I don't think that... the Chiefs are done as a dynasty, right? The Chiefs the Chiefs aren't just Travis Kelsey. Taylor right? Swift Chiefs... is in the building. We're done. We're done. <laughs> she sold out more stadiums than the Kansas City Chiefs ever have. Did she sell out Kansas City? Yes, I believe yeah. she did. So um, she, she sold should. she sold out every arena that she played in. All right. So all right, you're saying maybe the Chiefs are not done. That's a slight overreaction. You're right. Super Bowl. I think it's a I think it's a slight overreaction that the Lions think that they're going to go somewhere this season. Like everybody, every Detroit Lions fan was like, "We're going all the way. This is our year." I'm just like, my brother-in-law. My sister's get my sister gets married next week. Um, my brother-in-law is a diehard Lions fan, and all I could get in the text thread was, "This is our year. This is our year." I'm oh like, man. You know, God it's, bless them. It's week them. one, bro. It's we went 50 one. years without a Super Bowl, and now it happened right. for the to the Chiefs. I do hope it happens for the Lions. I do hope it happens. At for some Lions. point in time, their fans probably deserve it. They but do. um, all right, it's it's an overreaction. Overreaction for sure. There you go. All right, how about this one? This one, uh, the Dallas Cowboys are the greatest team in the history of the NFL. They did a 40 to zero beatdown of the Giants. So obviously that's an overstatement. Let me just scale it back a little bit here to give you something real to discuss. The Dallas Cowboys will be will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. That was a 40 to 0 thrashing of the New York Giants. It's like you don't want to be friends anymore. Like it, it, I feel like you're just saying things that are going to hurt me. That you're just you're just the Dallas Cowboys are not going to be representing Dallas anytime soon let alone the nfc in the nfc championship 40 game to or zero player. look at dak over prescott's the mighty giants number. look at dak prescott's number doug jones had an off day and i get it we all have off day. it was pouring down rain there was a lot of things going on look at dak's number the defense dominated 
the the Giants. Absolutely dominated the Giants. Most of the points were pick six. Dak Prescott and the offense of the Dallas Cowboys put up a absolutely meager showing. Okay. Absolutely meager. I was looking at my fantasy league, and Dak Prescott got seven points, which for those of you who don't do fantasy, depending on the league, Yahoo is the one that we do fantasy with most of the time because it's the easiest to use. Quarterbacks are in the 40 to 48-point range. Kirk Cousins last night scored 41 points on a loss and two fumbles. Okay, so he got 41 points on a loss and two fumbles. Dak Prescott, on a 40-0 victory, got eight points. He put up zero offense. Zero off. So to say that, now, if it was a Doug Jones horrible night and the defense dominated, and then Dak Prescott came in there and dominated on offense, I would say, yeah, man, power rankings are there. You got to give Dallas Cowboys some props, right? No. Doug Jones had an off day. Doug Jones' receivers had an off day. Every multi-million dollar quarterback had a bad day in week one. So Daniel Jones there of, of the Giants, uh, you're yeah, saying Daniel, most likely this is less a testimony to how good Dallas is and some more yeah. a testament to how bad the Giants are. Yeah, By Daniel the way, Jones the, had a bad day. The Giants just signed Daniel Jones to a huge mega, mega right. millions long-term contract, and that's his first game after signing that contract. Boy, it sucks to be a Giants fan right well, now, I guess. But, I mean, look look, look at um, – I mean, we, we'll probably get into this, but the analogous look is look at Joey Cool, Joe Burrow, signed the largest contract in NFL history for a player, right? Five years, $275 million, $260 million guaranteed. Okay. What did he do week one? Laid an egg. Whole but lot of nada. It, in his defense, he also laid an egg early last year as well. And right. so... So you can't count you. So in the same tone that you can't count somebody out for laying an egg in the first week of football, you can't count somebody up saying this is going to be our year when, as a quarterback, you laid an egg and your defense just murdered the game. Right. All right. So you are not taking the Cowboys to be in the the Super Bowl. We do need to get no. to our Super Bowl picks at some point in time because if we do them on Week 18, it's not going to seem yeah. as legitimate as doing them early on. Uh, <laughs> but. All right, here's my next one. The Jets' curse is real. I want to take oh, you back into some history. Now, we're opening day, 1999. Bill Parcells is the coach, the legendary Bill Parcells. Yep. Vinny Testaverde, former number one draft oh, pick from Vinny the University Testaverde. of Miami, Heisman Trophy winner, was the quarterback, oh. and this was going to be the Jets' year. Now, I am a big Vinny Testaverde fan. I loved him at He's Nebraska, uh, at Miami. Miami, and, yeah. Um, I, was, I remember this year. I remember the, the excitement, thinking the Jets are maybe are going to make it to the Super Bowl. Bill Parcells has resurrected Vinny's career. This yeah. is going to be their Super Bowl run. Opening our day, Vinny tears his Achilles. Yeah, out. Boom. Does that sound familiar? That was a career ender. Career ending. It did. Injury. Right. So the it, Jets curse is real. It happened again now. Everyone's talking about the Super Bowl this year, how Aaron Rodgers is going to lead them to the Super Bowl. Do you think there is a Jets curse? Oh, for sure. I'm a, I'm a full believer in sports curses. Curse of the Bambino, right? I'm a full believer. The, 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 the Cubs curse. Like, I'm a full believer in curses and, and all of that when it comes to that. Karma plays a huge role. The divine, some would say, plays a huge role. That's why everybody prays before the game. 
I gotta tell you, I would think that if if I were a quarterback thinking, should I sign with the Jets and I'm in the later stages of my career? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) But if I'm Zach Wilson, hey oh I'm definitely thinking I'm gonna be with the Jets. Zach Wilson has his own hilarious story there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh we're gonna talk about that someday. All right, how about this next one here? The Packers are quarterback. Heaven, Nirvana. Yeah. I don't. How lucky can they get? It, it looks like right now they have their next All Pro, All Star quarterback. Here's what I mean. Yeah. Over the last what thirty some years, do you know how many quarter, starting quarter, quarterbacks they've had before before this current one? Two. Like yeah. You had Brett Favre with a long, Aaron, long career, yeah. followed by Aaron Rodgers with a long, long Hall of Fame career. Yep. Did they just get their third one? By all measure, the very first game was a great game for for Love. And yep. the thought there is that um, yeah, this is quarterback heaven. Yeah, I think, well, one, seeing Aaron Rodgers go down in the first four plays of a game, every Packers fan was like, oh, <laughs> dodge that bullet. Um, but yeah, Jay Love sat under Aaron, and Aaron is a four-time MVP quarterback. So hopefully that they, you know, they're going to invest in him, and hopefully he's going to go far. So if you're a Packers fan, are you happy or are you upset what happened to Aaron Rodgers? Because keep in mind, they did lose a first-round draft pick. They traded but they Aaron Rodgers now. to get a first-round draft pick back, but Aaron Rodgers had to play over 65% of there the snaps. He's not going to do that, obviously, and so they lost yeah. their first-round draft pick. They essentially, yeah, they, yeah they're, they're good to go. Lastly here, Chris, I want to throw this idea by you. I think we have an MVP award winner after week one. I think it's pretty clear. Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, will win the MVP. He had 215 yards, two TDs. He looks so incredibly fast. If Tua can stay healthy, Tyreek Hill Mm -hmm. will win the MVP. Big, I mean, man, he was super impressive. I'm like, that Miami game was probably the highlight of the week for me. Um, Outside of the Niners commanding victory and CMC and Brandon Ayuk doing their thing. Um, but man, that was such a fun game to watch. Just the, the, the flow changes and Tyreek pulling off some amazing catches and Tua doing his thing. It was just classic good football. So that's not an overreaction. No, not at all. I think, I mean, Tyreek Hill is, is arguably top five receivers in the game right now, arguably. And Tua is a top 32 quarterback. So. As long as Tua stays healthy. Did you say he's a top 32 quarterback? Oh, you're just a Tua like, hater. Uh, I'm not a Tua hater. I think he just needs to stay healthy. Yes. Right? I, I think he's a good quarterback. I, I, I joke, right? Top 32. Um, I think he's a good quarterback. He has good, Obviously, right? He had a great game against the, the Chargers. But Tua, I mean, last season with his concussions and trying to play through him, that's not smart play. That's not long play. That's, you know, short victories. It's a... A penny wise and a pound foolish. Yes. It was, I know emotions are running high there in Miami. Always. They're all excited. They got a Super Bowl caliber team here. They I really do. do. It's an incredible team. But as you just pointed out, just wait till week four when someone right. hits Tua. He does not know how to land. We saw that last year. He Scarily was not enough. hit hard. He was taken out twice. And so right. if that's the same thing. That same thing happens now. And he just does not know how to fall well because of the way his his skeletal structure structure exists and mm-hmm. he gets another concussion. Uh, his career is going to be done. All right. Yeah. We have a lot of football to talk about. Uh, oh I'm, gosh, I'm excited yes. as we go to this next part of the, uh, the, the year, because we have yep. what 
eight, 20 weeks left of football. But that being said, now let's talk some legal news. But Chris, I don't want to leave football, so we are going to stay in the realm of sports. <laughs> Here we go. The rumors are swirling that the NFL will take over for the NCAA. Now, Chris, I don't know how to receive this news because, as you know, I cannot stand the NCAA for many right. reasons. We're going to actually cover one of them here in a later story about a denial of an appeal of eligibility. It's so arbitrary and capricious. And it's like the Grinch is running the NCAA. Right. But so I don't mind the NCAA just getting their comeuppance and, and, and getting thrown to the curbside. But I don't know if I like this. The NFL... Is going to the rumors around there. ESPN reported mm -hmm. is is might take over the NCAA. How might this look? Well, let's. They don't know yet because again, these are just rumors that are flowing out there. But ideally, here they would take thirty-two to forty-eight of the top collegiate teams, mm -hmm. and they would basically be run by the the NFL. And so you can imagine a, a minor league system. Um, you know, they could develop Man, their rough. talent, develop their talent. I. Man, it's rough because at least at the NCAA level, they pretend to care about the holistic view of the athlete. At the NFL level, right, they care about as far as you're healthy enough to play, right? They didn't care about concussions until it was an epidemic. They didn't care about player safety or quarterback safety until quarterbacks started getting injured. I don't know if that's the best environment for college level NCAA athletes to be, I mean, they're being bred into it anyways. It's a, it's a hard, I don't know. It's a hard, I, I don't like the culture of the NFL and how they treat their players. Yes. And, and because it's a business and they're right. just in it for the business, at least theoretically at the collegiate level, they're in it for development mm -hmm. of young men. And so if they can't right. play football, at least they can go to school and it's about the whole process. And I, there's, there's a college experience right? The, the college, the college, you got to give it something to them, right? There's something about game day, Alabama on Saturday. There's something about game day, Nebraska Cornhuskers on a Saturday going in, right? There's yes. something, there's that, there's that energy to it. It's that excitement. You're seeing the next big players, right? You're seeing these kids on the collegiate level, develop their skills and do it in a way that, you know, helps national championships. And the, the college, College football is very romantic to me because of the experience you have as a fan, the experience you have, like, this is my school. You feel a part of Nebraska. You feel a part of ASU. You feel a part of Cal Berkeley when they're playing. I do not feel like I have a stake in the 49ers. I love them. I have tied my emotional and mental health to their well-being, but I don't feel like I throw on a Brock Purdy jersey or a Debo or a CMC, or I draft him on my fantasy team, and then all of a sudden I'm part of the organization. Yes. I'm, I'm part of the school. I don't I know how this will look. I'm part of the school. And that, that, that's a great point. And here's another thought. So would you still ha have that same you know affinity for your school mm -hmm. if you knew they were own run by the NFL as compared no. to Nebraska or Alabama or right. ASU? Do they have fans? I assume they have fans, but you, oh. you get the point. But oh. here's, here's the other thought. I, I think it's gonna that's gonna ruin the whole thought of, of the collegiate football experience. Right. But what about the teams that are left out? So let's also, say they yeah. have forty eight teams, four divisions, right? Of sixteen teams. Right. 
would K-State be a part of that? Again, this is the right. NFL. They just care about would ratings. It, K-State's a great ACU? football program. Right. But you have KU. KU is closer to Kansas City. That's the market you want to reach. Mm-hmm. Do they really need KU, K-State, and Missouri? All three right. schools right here in a small geographic area. If the NFL is running it, this all they're going to care about is big revenue. Right. And so I, I, I have a lot of problems with this. My other, my other thing, and this is a small, small thing, the service academies. Army, Navy, Air Force, right? Like, you you can't be a because you're a service member, right? You're a member of the U.S. Army or the U.S. Navy or the U.S. Air Force when you play for those schools. Do those schools just get away? Because one of the best games, hands down, in my opinion, is the Army Navy game. It's a it's a it's America's game. Right? Well, you would still have a product out there for the teams not a part of the NFL. So you would have your NFL right. teams, but, but, but you, you don't get the same. everyone else. And I, I don't know. We, we have that now, right? We have the NFL and we have the XFL. So here's what I think is going on. I think the NFL's floating this idea out there just to see how the public responds. Is it something that's going to generate some steam and momentum? Sometimes ideas get thrown out there and then that's people true. start thinking about them for a while and they realize that's, that's not a bad idea. Or they think about it and they go, that's a, that's a horrible idea. We like college football. We right. like the fact that Boise State can have one great year and at least have an argument to be included in the national right. championship picture, right? And they have the blue field. Come on, man. Yeah, if, you, if you're in the NFL, you're not going to have a blue field. They're, they're no. going to put the kiboshes on that. And so right. we like that about college football. So, again, I hope this right. is just, hey, let's see what the response is. Is there some support for this? I think... I have a lot of problems with this, and you pointed it out well. Also, um, college football coaching breeds a lot of NFL coaches, and that's because they're put in a, hot, a lot of high-stakes area. They have to deal with a lot of stuff. They have to deal with a lot of crap from the NCAA. How is that going to work in recruiting coaches for the NFL junior or what diet NFL, whatever you want to call it? Like That's going to create another barrier – to expand the ability and the talent pool of coaches. What if it's just then? What if it's just this then? What if it's just the NFL saying, we are going to give you whatever, a uh, hundred million dollars. And, and that way you guys are going to be a, a feeder school for the, um, uh, the NFL and it helps but, pay players salaries. So they don't really ooh, have, you would have to start paying college that, players. That yeah, would be, they right. would have to like, which, you know, that would Kavanaugh, be the, that would be the outcome. Alito, yeah, Canova or um, Brent Kavanaugh and Samuel Alito, after their decisions in the NCAA decision last year, are in favor of paying college students athletic athletic salaries. They they their their concurrence in the opinion specifically pointed out that in no other labor market would you be able to have free labor the way that you do in the NCAA Division One football? Yes, it so, came from the NCAA v. Alston case. Brett yeah. Kavanaugh, in his concurring opinion, said, look, price-fixing labor is price-fixing labor. And so right. with the NCAA rule that prohibits payment to players payment. seems to be a blatant violation of the Antitrust Act. Right. And so, yeah, NFL, pony up some of your $9 billion that you make every year. Well, since we're talking about the NCAA and I, I wanted to rag on them, let me rag on them for just oh, yeah. a little bit. I'm, I am, I'm not happy with the NCAA. They rejected an appeal by the North Carolina's player named Tez Walker. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about Tez's okay. situation. So, you know, generally speaking, you have four years of eligibility to play 
right. your, your collegiate um, experience. And if you're going to be in Division One, those four years have to be within a five-year period of time as compared to the NAIA, where it could right. just be four years whenever. All right, whenever, so let's go right. back to the NCAA. Well, Walker had a hard time because of COVID finding a school. So he originally went to um, East Tennessee State, but he never played a game. He was injured. And so he decommitted from there and waited in 2020 to enroll at the North Carolina Central. So he did not play East Tennessee State. He started his career in 2020 at okay. North Carolina Central. Well, you know what happened in okay. 2020? COVID Weirdest happened. Thing. Weirdest and thing. For some reason, they thought, let's just stop people from playing games. We, we all know what, what took place back then. Uh, and so 2020 season was canceled for North Carolina Central University. He did not play there. Well, there were some rumors they might not even play the next year. So he transferred to another school, Mid-Eastern, uh, in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Let's see, what, what school right. did he transfer to? Um uh, so yeah, my notes here are a little shady, but he transferred to Kent State University. Kent, yeah, and he he played there for two seasons. All right. Well, he then transferred again back to North Carolina, but the state of North Carolina, but to the University of North Carolina. So this would be a yep. second transfer. Now, yeah. when he did the second transfer. That was allowed under the rules of the NCAA. In fact, everyone was doing it. I was even complaining. Right. Why are all these transfers going on? Everyone's just transferring every single year. Well, yep. it was the rule. So he transferred again to the, um, um, he transferred again to, to North Carolina. Right. After that transfer, the NCAA mm -hmm. changed their rule and said, no, okay. you only get one transfer. So tracking the so second far. transfer, you lose a year of eligibility. You got that? That they changed the rule after he made that decision, and they applied okay. it to his decision to, to transfer. <laughs> right. So, bottom line is, he transferred to North Carolina. His career is done. He cannot play. Yeah. He played all of two seasons in his collegiate career, and now he is done. He appealed to the NCAA. Say, look, this is not fair. People are playing five years during right. COVID. Sometimes six years. Right. They all yep. got a free year. What was and that? Here he's only playing Georgia? two years. Stetson. Yeah. The, yeah, he. It. Sorry to interrupt you, but you're it. It again. NCAA. Why are you dumb? Like you. You literally have no one to report to. You answer to nobody. You answer to God and country. Yes. And you could sit there and go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We see how this is weird with the pandemic and all this stuff and the yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What What is the like this? The guy isn't like hopping schools and baiting programs and screwing like administrators or anything to that effect. The kid just wants to play football. And his first transfer was the result of his university canceling their right. football schedule. How is I mean, that not a, it's a like huge ch game changer? Three things out of his control, right? COVID canceling and the rule change. Right. It changed like, after he made his second transfer, right? He was abiding by the rules and then you, you change it and you retroactively hit them with it. And it's like, give, stop moving the goalpost. Stop so they it. applied for a waiver from the NCAA saying, Hey, look, this is a unique situation. It's not likely to happen yep. again. I mean, come on. You just COVID. changed your rule. It seems unfair right. now to tell this guy, your athletic career is now over with it's done. And right. for some reason, the NCAA said, we don't care. He's out and of eligibility. He's, he's done playing football. I just think this is why the NCAA 
is a is a horrible organization for my uh, book. They they don't make they have arbitrary and capricious rules. This is very so. vindictive. This is very mean spirited towards towards this player. Let him play his collegiate career. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, what's what's the harm? You already changed your rule. Just have this apply. Red, you know, prospectively, not retrospectively. How how would that how harm many, anyone? How many rules do we apply retrospectively? I like, can't even... how many? I I went to college. You went to college. That was a requirement of us getting our doctorates. So we 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 did. When I was an undergrad, the like the tuition rules changed. Like tuition got raised, and it was from that point forward. Right. Nobody would expect you to retroactively go back 10 years and go, sorry, Joel, we know that you graduated in 2013, but though we changed tuition today, we're sending it back 10 years. So you owe us another $22,000 in tuition because you graduated in 2013. It, what? Like, right. that's the type, that is the level of like head scratching annoyance that I get from rules that are applied retroactively. Generally now, speaking, as a country, we don't like ex right. post facto laws. It's in the constitution no. somewhere. I, I can't cite scripture and verse, yeah. but we don't like the idea that you commit an action. Then we change the law and right. apply it to what you already, that just inherently sounds unfair. Right. It Because, because we're, we're all playing a game whether we're lawyers or business individuals or comedians or football players, we're all playing a game. And if we all play with the same rules, it's this idea of a meritocracy where the best people who are playing within the parameters will rise to the top. When you take rules and you apply them retroactively because one player may have used the rules in the way that they weren't intended, which this argument could be made that he didn't use the rules as intended, and then retroactively apply it to them, you're, you're, you're specifically changing the modus of the game to benefit yourself. Well, I hope there's a and lawsuit we, here against the NCAA so for an arbitrary Ridiculous. capricious rule. Uh, I hate applying this ex post facto to him right. uh, after the fact. Just let him play and have his full four years of eligibility. It didn't look like, based upon his stats, that he has a future NFL mm -hmm. career ahead of him. He just looks, looks like to be the good you know, division one player, but right. not really going to be drafted. And so this is it now for him. His football career right. is done because of this stupid application of this rule. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, Chris, there's another uh, thought here that I want to throw it by you. Uh, it's, it's again, this is where sports and law merge together in our Heck next yeah. story. So I found this article in the American Economic Journal, Applied Economics, and this was an article written by Oskin Iren and Anaki Mocha, and they analyzed this idea. And Chris, I, I know you're a big sports fan. I am a huge sports fan. I, I get mm -hmm. the fanatical part of, you know, fan is short for fanatical. I lose all common sense. And when my team Usually. loses... I am miserable for that next right. week. I won't even watch ESPN highlights for a week after my team loses. I don't want to hear any negativity when it comes to, to my team. Right. I still remember where I was back in when the, the, the Nebraska Cornhuskers lost uh, to Arizona State University and Jake the Snake Plummer way back in the day, 19-0. That was a horrible, horrible oh. game. I remember where I was. Now, today I can't remember where I, where I was when Nebraska loses because there's just been too many losses of late. That's a whole nother story. Story. The the point here is that sometimes we get so caught up in being fans 
it spills over into the other areas of our life. Are yep. you tracking? No, I've yeah, I, I am, I, I have a, t- a firm testimony. I know you would not that. kick your dog because you mm. have a pit bull, but you get the no. idea. You, you have a story. Right. Yeah. No, right. I, I mean, the Niners in the 2000s. Done. There we are. Uh, the San Francisco Giants up to 2010. There you uh, go. I mean, the Golden State Warriors from when I was born to the 2010. Right? There you go. I, you we pick these teams at seven and eight years old that tie us to our emotional well-being and mental health for the rest of our lives. And you're not going to be good forever. Well, this paper, so this, this article I found analyzed the impact of a fandom when it comes to judicial sentencing. So again, we're not talking about you, you went to work and you're an engineer and now you're grumpy that day, right? We're we're talking people who make decisions on how long you should spend in jail because of what you did. And does your sports team's performance impact that kind of decision? And it says with this paper, it analyzed uh, LSU, Louisiana State University, between 1996 and 2012, and they wanted to investigate the effects of emotional shocks associated with unexpected outcomes of football games played by the LSU football team on judicial decisions of juvenile court judges. So right there, I am fascinated by this study. Yeah, that's a very narrow, like, study yes I, i'm fascinated wow. by the study because again i'm a huge sports fan i get it right. but i also care about the law and the law should be applied even handedly but this is what they concluded they concluded that when lsu played in a high stakes game okay uh or, so, so they're, they're a high ranked team Tracking. so you had expectations yep. for your team to do well and lsu was upset in that high stakes game, the judges gave harsher and longer sentences based upon their empirical studies. Chris, what do you think of that? I mean, it causation. Is is it, is it a causation thing? Is it, is there other factors? I mean, taking in a void, you're, you're seeing judges giving harsher sentences on days after LSU loses to Bama or whoever. Um, correlation and causation is an argument that I would have for this one. Like, are you buying it? I gotta tell you, I'm buying it. I am absolutely, I know for myself, I am grumpy that next week. I, it's, it's hard to explain. I love ESPN. I don't even want to turn on the channel. If they say something negative about my team after a loss, I don't want to relive that. I am a different person the week after my team loses. Thank goodness I don't you know actually what? have to decide someone else's fate. But I'm just saying it does affect my psyche. Um, it reminded me of a story. And the names are going to be changed to protect the innocent on this one. I was in law school. I did a um, summer and fall externship at the public defender's office where I went to law school. Um, We were good friends and the public defender's office is usually at odds with the DA's office, right? Prosecution, defense, that's how they roll. Um, There was one judge in particular and we were good friends with her clerks because they had come out of the public defender's office as interns and went to be her clerks. The clerks let us know that if she wore her hair a particular way the night before she had a enjoyable night with her husband 
Okay. We had found that, and because we're a bunch of, you know, trying to figure out, we're, we're blackjack dealers trying to beat the house at this point, right? There were blackjack players trying to beat the house. We found that she was more favorable to criminal defendants when she had that hairstyle. <laughs> wow. And not more favorable, like, ruling on dismissals and stuff like that, but the penalties were harsher, right? She was more... She she was more apt to hear our idiotic arguments and kind of give them some more weight. I want to um, see that paper. I, nope, this, this paper nope, analyzed nope, nope, the nope, impact nope, of of losing nope. high stakes college football games. But you're, the next paper written by Chris Marone is Not going even, to be nope, when nope. judges get laid. Do yep. you get a more favorable sentencing the following day? In my colloquial experiences, the answer was yes. But I'm not writing. I no, not writing that page. So, Your Honor, what'd you do last night? <laughs> oh, really? You, yes. <laughs> right. The, the control group there would be very interesting. You know, the kind of questions, the analysis. Chris, you are onto something there. I want to see that paper. It's like a mix of like Love Island and Judge Judy meets you know some some Harvard Academia. It'd be great. It, all right, well, we have to do our picks for this upcoming week, but before oh, yeah, we, we do, do that, let's throw out a little impeachment talk. We've got to cover one thing that's not a marriage between sports and, and law, so I do know the impeachment trial is, is coming up. You say impeachment trial, Joel. What are you, what are you talking about? Is Trump still the, um, the yeah. president? No, we, we have a new president, but the game has changed. Now every single president from here on out will face impeachment charges. Why? Well, those are the rules that were set. I want to say by um, uh, the Democrats with, with Trump, but I would not be being fair to my conscience here. No, the Republicans started with um, uh, with Bill Clinton. Yes, you know we did. Uh, that was not a normal impeachment. That was a trap that was set for Slick Willie. He fell into the trap, and then they pursued impeachment charges just to embarrass Slick Willie. Uh, and so the Democrats did the same thing with Donald Trump. And now the Republicans are returning favor when it comes to Biden. So any thoughts that you have on um, this this upcoming impeachment proceeding? Uh, again, this is going to be it's, it's unique uh, interplay between law and politics because an impeachment proceeding, it is a trial. It, it is a decision to prosecute. Is, there is an it indictment. Is. It there is, is a trial. Things. That's all those things. Um, Where do we want to start here? Um, the, the problem with an impeachment is that there is no recourse for malicious prosecution or meritless prosecution. In our world, right, if a, if a district attorney or a prosecuting officer brings a case that has absolutely no merit, problems are going to happen. Chris, I'm going to call it, BS on that statement. No, we're but I'm going to let you explain your statement, gonna, and then I'm going to explain why it's BS. We're, we are likely going to see DA Alvin Edwards receive some sort of censure or backlash for what he's doing in New York. Okay. It's, it's likely that that's going to happen. Um, in Congress, nothing, nothing's going to happen. Nothing, nothing is going to happen because, um, and I was reading this again. It's a, it's a renewed study that, that Pew research center does every year where they do a, they don't do it every year. They do it every four years. And the study shows, um, popularity amongst Congress. Right. And in the last years, it's always been, man, Congress's popularity is like at 11 percent. 
but people are getting reelected at 71, 72, 73%. So about eight years ago, Pew went back and started asking different questions, and it came to find out that it's not my Congress member that's the problem, right? It's the Congress member that represents Joel's district that's the problem. It's not Chris Marone's Congress member. It's not Ruben Gallegos and Greg Stanton. It's Joel's Congress member. So though Congress has a really low threshold rating, our individual Congress members have a really high re-electability. Nancy Pelosi is the prime example. Homegirl filed paperwork to rerun for her congressional seat that she's held for like 36 years. Is she alive still? Yes. Diane okay. Feinstein filed paperwork to rerun for the Senate. No. Mitch, Mitch McConnell no. has filed paperwork to rerun, to at least be on the ballot. Whether they run or not, they have filed the paper. Whereas Mitt Romney went on TV yesterday and goes, man, I'm too old for this. Like, we need a new generation of people here in Congress. Like, we're done. Mormons Boomers want to enjoy their afterlife. Come on. Right, we're done. We're done. All right. And so I think that there's no... So so Congress, and they have been, and we, we all, you and I, separate sides of the aisle on this one, but we've both agreed that Congress has been political theater for a really long time with absolutely no consequence. I get what you're saying, but let me just throw you three facts um, that I think is going to call BS on on your, mm -hmm. your position. Because you, what you're saying is, look, a congressman that might vote for impeachment, they um, they probably are not going to face a tough re-election nope. campaign because of wherever they happen to live. All right, I get right. that. But let's go back and do a little history lesson. Let's go back to the impeachment of, of Nixon. All right, who won the next general election? The opposite party. That's where right. we got the peanut farmer from Georgia, the Democrats. So the Democrats pursued the impeachment proceedings against Nixon. They won because they then won the next general election. Let's go to Slick Willie. And he, Slick Willie. he resigned. Slick Willie faces some impeachment uh, proceedings. Who won the next election? Al Gore. George W. Bush beat Al Gore. And so the mm. other side won. I need an asterisk. I, I, I need a giant <laughs> asterisk by George W. Bush winning. I get what you're saying. But George W. Bush was our next president. So it was. helped yes. that party that pursued yes. impeachment against the president. Let's go to Donald Trump. Donald Trump's impeachment was pursued by the Democrats. Who won the next election? The Democrats. So this idea that, oh, the American public is going to be upset with these impeachment proceedings and go after them. No, it actually rewards the party that brings the impeachment proceedings. We are three for three now in the following election where the party who, pursue, who pursued impeachment won the next presidential election. I'm, I'm pushing back a little bit. Nixon did not rerun for election. That was Ford, and Ford was an idiot. I don't think, right? And 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 so, and Clinton had termed out, right? Clinton had termed VP out. His VP lost. His VP did lose. I'm not saying that that's not true, but he did term out his VP. But you could also say, um, you know, there's been few times in American history where the VP has won the the next election, right? So correct. So, but I don't think that the impeachment of Donald Trump benefited Democrats. In a way, because, in and hear me out on this one. Yes, Donald Trump was impeached, but I think that empowered and emboldened, and we talked about this, that it empowered and emboldened more Republicans to come out and vote, and more and more fringe MAGA to come out and vote to say, "Look, the system is rigged. The system is rigged." Donald Trump lost Donald Trump's election. You and I both agree on that. that I get what you're saying, but it seems like when you pursue impeachment proceedings, you are put the 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 what's 
being put before the public is this guy is a horrible person. These are all the negative right. things. And it benefits the party that pursues the impeachment proceedings. And as long as that's the case, we have more to come. I think this is going to be standard well, operating procedure for all administrations from here on out. They will bring impeachment proceedings as soon as they can. I think this is by bringing impeachment proceedings against President Biden, this is the attempt of certain groups to delegitimize our election system because you're going to have a twice impeached president from jail running against a um, impeached president and you're going to you're, you're trying to nullify. And I, I do think this is the political move. You're trying to nullify Trump's impeachments by saying Biden was impeached. Trump's impeached. They're equal impeachments. And it's like, no, you're comparing a financial crime to murder. But or you're doing, but think about it. If, if because of this impeachment, what will be the national story while this, even no matter what side of the aisle you're on, the story will be okay. Hunter Biden was put on the board of Burisma. Why was he put on that board? How much money full did stop. he get paid? Full, and full then you stop. have the then you have the text messages from uh, Hunter Biden saying, from the daughter saying, "Well, at least you know I don't have to pay half of daddy's bills like Hunter d had to pay." So you see this, you know, the the daddy Biden is actually getting benefited from these incredible arrangements. It's it's negative. It looks bad. Looking bad and being a crime are two different things. It looks bad that Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas took all of those trips on all of those. It looks bad. I agree it's a not, thousand it's percent. It's not illegal. And that's it's, why it's a brilliant campaign move because you are putting what looks bad in front of the entire public during an election right. cycle. That's why, unfortunately, Chris, I don't like this. I hate this. You know I hate this. This will be standard operating procedure from here on out because they're realizing we're having the nation focus on what looks bad, whether or not it's illegal. It doesn't really well, then, matter. Well, then maybe this is going to backfire on Republicans. And we're actually going to get a crop of individuals that are worthy of holding office. Are you going to run? No. See, we're not, it's not working. No. Wait, Joel, Wait, hold, Mitt full, Romney full just stop. said he's not going full, to run. Full you stop. would be the logical replacement for Mitt Romney. True. I agree with you there, except for I will never live in Utah. Okay. Look, I'm Mormon, but I'm not that Mormon. Okay. <laughs> let's put that out there. But let's, and let's, let's, look, let's look at Chris Marone running for office in Arizona. Okay. I am a, depending on who you talk to, I'm anywhere from a leftist, anarchist, anti-capitalist, fascist, anti-fascist, depending on who you talk to, to depending on who we've talked to together, I am a center-right coward, right? That's the, that's, the, that's the breadth of what people view my political affiliation. And I live in Arizona. But and more... I'm anti-gun. But more to so the point, are you nowhere. six foot three and 215 pounds? I am six foot one and I'm 305. <laughs> hey, so, if, if Donald it, Trump would say he's six foot three, <laughs> 215 pounds, I'm six six and I weigh a, a, a buck 80. Right, dude. I am I am benching like eight plates. Let's go. Like right. just all day long hey, at the gym. If that's all it takes to get those kind of numbers to be a politician, <laughs> sign me Done. up, man. I'm running Done. tomorrow. I mean, I can lie about my height and weight all day long. I can get risers. I can sit on a phone book. Like, let's go.
There you go. All right. Hey, so we will follow the impeachment proceedings and have a lot of we fun will. with it. Of My fear is that this is standard operating procedure. I do not like it. I, I think it's a misuse of the impeachment proceedings 100%. But as I just laid out, that's why everyone's going to be doing it because it, it's just it's campaigning, and I, I, I hate it. All right. Let's get to the real important stuff here because we got to make some money, Chris. And, oh, and yeah. I know we've talked about it in years past of doing this. And we've done our bets and our picks. Can we beat Vegas? Well, in years past, we've done all right. But we yeah. really haven't made bank uh, on it. Maybe this no. will be our year we make bank. Maybe. We can retire. By the way, Chris, that is big money. Do you realize that that gambling picks, people pay big time. Have you gone to any of these websites where they charge money for you to find out how smart they are with their picks? No. It's expensive, man. And people are paying 100 150 two, 300 bucks a month to be on these these sites where they get people's oh they're betting everything and if you think about it, if you're gonna bet let's just say a hundred bucks to 500 bucks these people are crazy they bet a lot of money on these games yeah. why not spend a hundred two hundred yeah, three hundred bucks on a good cost website of doing business. right yeah, cost of doing business that makes it make sense uh so that yeah. being said ours are free because mm -hmm. you get what you pay for. But that being said, one of the once we actually hit the seventy percent mark, you better believe I'm charging for this advice. Oh, All right. for sure. For that sure. being said, seventy percent. Um, let's let's go over our picks. Do you have your picks ready? I do. I'm sitting in front of me right here. All right, you go over yours first, then I'll change mine as needed. Okay, perfect. So <laughs> I already am at a negative one, right? Because I picked the Eagles with the minus six over the um the Vikings last night. No, you're and not so, a minus, you're not a minus one. That's a zero. That's a wash. They didn't they didn't cover. They it's didn't win points. by more. Yeah, but they have to win by more. That's, right? not, that's not a loss. That's a zero. Okay, so it's a zero. Okay. Right. If you if you place that bet with Vegas, you're getting all of your money back. You're not even paying a handling fee. You're getting oh, okay. your entire one dollar because I know you're a big spender back. I am. I am. I, I'm actually going to Vegas next week, and so I'm gonna lay again. And for some reason, this happens every year that we do this. I end up going to Vegas two or three times for business. And so I go and lay our bets down and see what actually happens. There you go. Um, so I guess I get the zero with the Eagles. And I wanted to cop to that, right? We're recording Friday morning. But I told you yesterday that that's what my pick was, and I'm sticking to it. I'm not changing it just because we're recording later. Honesty, non-impeachable. No impeachment here. Okay. Um, I'm going Packers negative one over the Falcons. That's pretty much even money line. And I'm going to see what J love is going to do. You know, he's our new franchise quarterback. We're going to go all day, every day. J love, um, Raiders plus 9.5 over the bills. I really appreciate the love that, um, Josh Allen has for Derek Hamlin and his tribute last week of throwing three interceptions to honor, honor, honor D really touched me deep. Like that was that was real real love there, um, but I think that Jimmy G, he's getting into a groove with the Raiders. Um, I think the Bills will probably still win, but nine point five winning by almost ten points. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. So I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Raiders plus nine point five. We got the Chiefs and Jags, and I know you're gonna play this one as well. But you're giving the Chiefs three point five, and Kelsey may or may not play. I think the Chiefs can pull out a, a victory over the Jags, even though T-Law, I mean, he's coming off of a good playoff season. I mean, they didn't go very far, but they've gone farther than they've gone before. That's got to put a lot of faith into Trevor Lawrence, and he's coming into his own. But I'm still going to pick Chiefs negative three and a half over the Jags. Um, the easy pick of the week for me is Niners minus eight over the, the Rams. The Niners, this is going to be one of two things. This is going to be the biggest slap in the face. Or it's going to be the biggest 
most ridiculous ego walk I've seen. The Niners are wearing their home jerseys at an away game at SoFi Stadium. We're now calling SoFi Stadium South San Francisco. It is our summer home where we're going to go because we're wearing home's jerseys. I'm dying, but that level of arrogance speaks to me a little bit. But I also know that I am ready to just get kicked in the teeth for this one. Like, I get it. Uh, And then lastly, I'm going to go Jets plus nine over Dallas because I don't think Dallas is all that. Dak did not perform. And I think the Jets and Zach Wilson specifically, if he's a starting, if he's QB one, um, I think he has something to prove now that that Rodgers has taken a dip. Wow, those are, those are some interesting picks. The Jets over Dallas. That yeah. game is intriguing mm, to me. Mm, no, huge. no, no. The Jets plus nine. We right. got to remember, like if if Dallas wins by a field goal, I still win the bet. That's a huge line. That nine is a huge points. Line. Nine points. And I, I get why they're doing it because you know. Well, Zach Wilson is not a great quarterback. Yeah. He made a lot of mistakes last year, but still, last year I think the Jets were five and one before they did their late season swoon. So yeah. they had something going on. They still have a really good defense. Dallas has to be drunk on themselves because they had such a great week last week. Yeah, I, I, I that game is very, very tempting me. I, I stared at it for the longest time. I decided not to act on it, but man, I, I think that is a good pick. Yeah, um, I don't understand that the 49ers over the Rams. Um, so give me a little bit of an explanation because I know these are your teams. I saw right. that and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm taking the Rams over over San Fran. I get eight and a, I get eight points. Cooper Cup's out. Their their stud their stud receiver running back guy Cooper okay. Cup's out. Um, but he was out last week in the in the Rams won. Yeah, but the Rams weren't playing the Niners last week. Like let's let's be legitimate here. Brock Purdy really came into his own. Brandon Ayuk and CMC are coming into their own. Uh, Niners are number one in the power rankings right now. Um, they have a lot going for them. The Rams just—I mean—they fell off last year, right? They were Super Bowl champions, and then they fell off completely. Now they're trying to kind of find their feet, their their footing again. I think Brock Purdy has a lot to prove. Nick Bosa got his payday. Right, so I think the Niners are really going to step up against the. It's, I know it's a lot, right? It's a negative eight. This is the this is the long bet, but I, you know, I'm just feeling that that's where it's going. The over under is um, 44 and a half. Wow. And right, so, so I'm, I'm trying to look up the schedule for this upcoming week um, mm-hmm. on, on the games because. I want to see if we have the Packers game correct. So the Pack the Packers are playing Atlanta. Who is favored in that game? So Atlanta is favored by one point. Or they were yesterday. Yeah. Um so Atlanta's I'm pulling, favored. I'm pulling it up now and Green and Atlanta's now favored by one point five points with the over. What am I under missing about that? I have no clue. Inexperience of J Love? Because I saw that. I thought that's going to be one of my picks of the week. I like the Packers because I get a point and a half. I think their quarterback is doing great. Atlanta has been nothing for the longest period of time. So I I I guess this is a new quarterback. But I I picked the Packers a point and a half because I get a point and a half over Atlanta. Right. Just because I have no faith and no confidence in Atlanta. I am missing something with that pick. Isn't C.J. Stroud the the QB1 for Atlanta right now too? (laughs) Right. So I don't get that. Yeah. It's 
Yeah. All right. So I'm taking Packers. Um, okay. Cincinnati. I'm taking Cincinnati minus the three over the Ravens. This one is difficult nice. for me because I think Cincinnati is a slow starting team. But they have been. Yeah. Uh, I, I just I, I fear Cincinnati. So Cincinnati yeah. is a small. It's basically three. That's just a win over the Ravens. Uh, I, I'm taking Cincy. The Bucks over the Bears. It just shows you how much I little how little I think of the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears. They are, they are a mess. And for some reason, the Bucks actually look decent. I do know their quarterback, Baker, Baker Mayfield, tends to get high on himself. He'll play good one week, then kind of mail it in, thinking he, he's kind of earned his place the next couple of weeks. Yep. So maybe he's going to have a, a bad game follow-up. But I'm taking the Bucks and Baker over the Bears. A lot of Bs there. Uh, I am taking the Chiefs over the Jags, though that's just simply because that's where my heart is. My head is saying, do not take the Chiefs. you got to take the Jags, and here's why. Jacksonville is on a tear. At the end of last year, they were the hottest team in the NFL. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has figured it out. He knows how to play in the yep. NFL. The, him and this. his new coach, um, last year was their first year together. They had some growing pains at the beginning of the year. They figured things out by the end, and they were on an absolute tear and a roll. And this is going to be played in Jacksonville. The okay. only thing here is that the Chiefs are ticked off. If they are a Super Bowl team and they were embarrassed on national TV, their receivers could not have played a worse game last week. And so I think the Chiefs yeah. could be just on a, on a rampage here. But that being said, I'm picking the Chiefs with my heart and not my head. Heart and, and soul, baby. And then Indianapolis over Houston. This is my stupid Ooh, pick of the week. I like uh, this. I, I don't. I hate this. <laughs> but I'm picking it. Why? Indianapolis is starting a rookie quarterback. You don't start rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. They are, they're a mess. But Houston, I think, is even a bigger mess. Yeah. And so I am going to take uh, Indianapolis and their rookie quarterback. Plus, I get a point. Plus one over Houston. And okay. then just because I want to be difficult, I am taking the Rams over San Fran because I got eight points on that deal. All right, Chris, there we go. Hey, enjoy your weekend of football. Uh, and so we will see each other next week and compare how much money we have left to spend. <laughs> we'll do it, man. Thanks a lot. All right. See you next week. Later. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tri- Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support. Mm -hmm.